0: Take a pilgrimage to J.W.A. Strap on that buckled hat and let us take you away. Hello, and welcome to Jawadawa, John Wayne Airport, Dead on Arrival, by Greg Dent and Jeffrey Wilker. Troubles have plagued John Wayne Airport of late. Not only are the constant protests causing unwanted attention, but stranger things are afoot. An unexplained mystic stink hangs in the air, and every day it seems something else is falling apart or breaking down. Is the airport cursed? Haunted? Sinking into a tar pit? Dying of AIDS? No one seems to be able to pinpoint the source of the problem, but the FAA can no longer sit on the sidelines, and the airport has been given an ultimatum. It has one week to solve all of its problems, or JWA will be shut down. Now, it is up to one man, Airport General Manager Nick Reynolds, to save everyone's job. Can this chowder head really turn things around in seven days? Jawadawise, copyright 2021 by the authors. All celebrity voices impersonated. Celebrity casting suggestions are merely addled fantasies on the author's part and do not represent any kind of endorsement or consent, but serve merely as suggestions to help you visualize the characters. No celebrities were harmed in the making of this production. Jawadawa is not a low-calorie recording and will not help you lose weight. Listening at high volumes can damage your hearing. If you experience an eerie action lasting longer than four hours, please contact your doctor. Do not operate heavy machinery while listening to Jawadawa, Possible side effects of Jawadawa may include drowsiness, flatulence, hot flashes, sudden and urgent needs to find a bathroom, leprosy, incontinence, spontaneous human combustion, the giggles, and death. Jawadawa is 100% natural and recyclable. Please listen responsibly and dispose of Jawadawa in a safe manner, following all rules and regulations of your local constabulatory. Let us begin. Scene 1. Monday. It is a beautiful day in Southern California. We see a dusty, rocky hillside covered with cactus and dry, scrubby bushes. A nice, uplifting western theme plays. Birds circle lazily above, toads hop happily about. There's an old wagon wheel leaning against a rock. The sky above is a perfect royal powder blue. There's a rumble, and a massive jumbo jet fills the sky, sending the birds flying and tilting the cacti at an angle with its wind. The bush dislodges and begins tumbling down the hill. The sky behind the plane is filled with smog. There's kind of a whoosh sound. A cloud of brown liquid falls from the sky in the wake of the plane. It lands on the scene with a splat, (laughs) burying the toad in a messy puddle. The camera does not linger, but instead follows the rolling bush, which tumbles along as the opening credits begin to scroll. As the credits play, we see the scene begin to change from one of dry nature to one of broad streets, manicured lawns, pools, and identical McMansions lined up row after row. The bush rolls down the street, across a park, through the parking lot of a mall, over a sleeping homeless person, and finally across a scrubby bit of land and onto a crowded freeway, where it is smashed to smithereens by a white speeding stretch Ford Bronco. As the card passes, takes the camera with it and we see it weaving through the busy traffic it is driving erratically as if in a big hurry changing lanes often and accelerating quickly as soon as it finds a gap in the traffic the camera dips inside through the windshield and we see a stoic driver who looks to have some variety of Native American ancestry in a suit and shiny driving hat there's a knock on the sliding window to the back and it pops open and we see the face of John Wayne Airport General Manager Nick Reynolds appear. He's holding a cell phone in one hand, as if still on the call. We envision this role as played by actor Matthew Broderick. Hey Bruce, I thought I told you to step on it. I have a very important meeting this morning. The driver grunts. He presses a button and the window slides closed, forcing Reynolds' face to the side and eventually out, even though he tries to clutch at the window to stop it. Reynolds speaks into his phone. I gotta get a new driver. This guy's like on island time or something. Wait, what? What do you mean you can't take the kids this week? Who the hell is Bob? Bob. I got the FAA commissioner here all week breathing down my neck. One more shredded Samsonite and he's going to shut this whole place down. Then who the hell is going to pay for your precious L.L. Bean addiction, huh? Who? Does Bob make L.L. Bean money, Susan? I'll be lucky if I can find one empty street corner in this godforsaken town without at least three other bums on it. Well, the kids are going to have to stay with your sister. He holds the phone away from his ear to soften the blow of the angry yelling coming through. I don't care if she feeds them dog food and recycled crack. They, they can't stay with me this week. I won't be home. The car jolts to a halt suddenly and Reynolds lurches forward. He does not have his seatbelt on and he slides forward off his seat, losing his phone, which tumbles into the air, coming down smack dab in the middle of a large mug of coffee. Splish which sits in the cup holder of some kind of little side table. A half-eaten banana and a cliff bar roll off the table. Fuck! The screen in the limo slides open and the driver looks back. We can hear a number of other cars honking angrily nearby. Ugh, boss. The driver gestures out the window. Oh shit, not today. Reynolds presses a button and the rear window of the limo slides down. Outside we can see that a large crowd of protesters has gathered outside the entrance to John Wayne Airport. They have blocked the road with a giant banner reading, the only good airport is a dead airport. Most of the protesters are carrying signs which say things like, the color of the wind is red, how many Sacagawea dollars does it take to buy justice, chemtrails of tears, and the real Duke is in my pants. Now that. The general manager has arrived, the crowd is amped up, and an androgynous, blue-haired, mixed-race agitator, Chris T. Himmelfart, begins to lead them in chants, such as, When we want! No more racist airports! When we want them? Now! Middle-aged woman, Sharon Cox, played by... Julia Lewis Dreyfus, hopefully, at the head of the protest, breaks away from the crowd to come over to the limo. She is dressed in buckskin and war paint, but otherwise appears rather white. Reynolds waves sarcastically as she approaches the limo. Good morning, Pocahontas. Those buckskins really show off your generous ass. Fuck you too, Reynolds. Here, have some pemmican. She throws him something that resembles a hockey puck. Looks like you're gonna be here a while. Nice crowd. How much are you paying him this time? Stuff it, Nick. Your bourgeois insinuations that everyone else has as little integrity as you only diminish your power. Well, sorry to disappoint, but you're gonna have to tell your people to step aside today. The FAA commissioner is flying here in five minutes, and I've been subpoenaed. To meet with him. So yeah, right about now you're holding up an agent of the United States federal government. How many lawyer bills is that gonna cost you? Subpoena. Don't make me laugh. The only thing that'll happen if we hold you up today is you'll get your ass fired. And isn't that the whole point of this? Well, besides me getting to watch. Look, I'll tell you what. Y- you let me through now and I'll tell the commish I'm ready to throw my weight behind renaming this place Cesar Chavez International Airport. Honest. That immigrant-hating bastard? You gotta be kidding me. What the fuck ever. Shit, I'll, I'll tell him you can pick the name. Call it Garrett Top Memorial Flughaven. I don't give a fuck. I just, I just need to pay my child support. Besides the goon they get to replace me won't play nice and talk to you, he'll just blast my rifle, my pony, and me, cranked up to 11 from every loudspeaker on the planet on an endless loop until all your crisis actor SAG rejects go fucking Batman. Oh Nick, you know I'm not a dictator. Everyone in this movement gets a vote on the name. Wait, Carrot Top is dead? Just daydreaming, sorry. Well, partner, you got yourself a deal. She reaches out to Pinky Shake. He kisses her finger and chews her away. Cox turns to the crowd and begins waving them aside. Sorry, guys, we gotta let them through. There's a lot of moaning from the crowd as the limo starts moving forward. Reynolds begins to roll up his window just as a mostly full in-and-out burger cup hits its square amid ships. A wave of strawberry shake splashes up over the top of the window and coats the right side of his face, staining his collar and light blue blazer. Step on it, Bruce! The Bronco speeds forward. The crowd parts, and the limo crunches over a mother duck just about to meet her babies across the street. The crowd goes nuts and starts throwing things as two guards valiantly try to close the gates behind the roaring limousine. A wave of venti frappuccino cups belts the back window as the car speeds away. Jawadawa, scene two, circling the wagons. Scene opens with Reynolds rushing out of the Bronco in the load unload zone and into the departures lounge. He's barreling through crowds of fat tourists in Hawaiian shirts and kids with Mickey Mouse ears. There's a big fat dude pushing one of those big wheelie luggage racks with a tall stack of suitcases and boxes on it. As Nick blows past, a wheel pops off and the whole thing topples onto the poor guy. Nick keeps walking. Soon enough, he enters a tall glassy chamber with a gigantic statue of John Wayne at the center of it. Nick pretends to ignore it as he passes, and then suddenly drops to one knee and fakes like he is drawing a gun on the statue. (laughs) Ha ha, old man, gotcha. Before he can finish the sentence, Reynolds is flattened by airport security. Security escorts Reynolds through a set of staff-only metal detectors, and soon he is joined by members of his team, Ed Hamilton, played by Nick Offerman. Joe Frank, played by Woody Harrelson. And Jenny Talita, played by the lovely Lindsay Lohan. They all converge on him from different directions, all talking as they emerge. They all power walk towards the concourse together. Along the way, they pass a number of balloons and banners, welcoming the world's Smear the Queer championships to Anaheim. As they near the food court, a large plastic billboard for Hot Carl's AC repair cracks and falls off the wall. Ed Hamilton is waving a sheet of blue paper and comes towards Reynolds fast. Nick, this is the latest financial forecast from the Airline Association. It's not great. Joe Frank interrupts, coming in from another direction, talking over Hamilton. Boss, man, the commission's gonna crawl straight up your shit chute if he sees what- Jenny comes in from another direction and talks over Joe Frank. Reynolds, you, you got any Kirschvasser in your office? She is holding a gigantic foot-long deep-fried zucchini on a stick. Reynolds eyes her zucchini. Where'd you get that? Jenny speaks with her mouth full. Do you know that zucchini. They just opened in the food court. They all form around Reynolds in a classic West Wing walk and talk formation. In the background, the food court is swarming with the breakfast crowd. We will get a better look at this locale later on. For now, they push on through. Somewhere in the middle of the open seating area, they pass a garbage can from which flames are spouting. Reynolds gets a concerned look on his face. He points to the can and nods to Joe Frank. Get someone on that, please. Joe Frank nods and whips out his iPhone. In the crotch of the hallway leading from the food court to the various terminals and bathrooms, there's some kind of farmer's market style booth set up. A banner hung in front of the stall announces, free samples, JWA exclusive, Big Jake's factory surplus. A large man is out in front of the stall, waving people in to see his wares. For some reason, it is Sinbad. He's wearing a shirt that proclaims, you know it's good when it's from the Jake's. As the execs pass, he calls out to them. Hey folks, get to try a sample of 100% organic, grass-fed, naturally processed gardening tonic? Jenny glances over at him. The others just power on. Gardening tonic? Are you talking about fertilizer? Like, shit? Some folks may stoop to the vernacular, but this is prime-grade recycled nutrition. Perfect for your bush or lawn. My bush could use a tune-up. Sure. Hit me with some fecal matter. Sinbad hands over a small plastic cup filled to the brim of what looks like chocolate brownie mix. A bright sticker on the cup advertises Big Jake's Grade A Manure. Jenny takes it and hurries to catch up to the guys. mindedly she dips the end of her zucchini into the cup and then puts it into her mouth. Realizing her mistake, she makes a horrified face. <coughs> coughs, (coughs) then pauses to recognize the cup in her hand. She retches a bit, (coughs) making a series of sour faces. After a moment, she smacks her lips a bit pensively, shrugs and then dips the zucchini back in for a second try. As she catches up to the blokes, they are just stepping onto a moving sidewalk. As they walk and talk, a several hundred foot long TV screen displays a flashy Amtrak advert, making it look as if they're riding on a train in the old west. Old timey looking windows on the screen move with a walkway and through them can be seen desert, bison, cacti, tumbleweeds and the like. There is a clickety clack sound and occasionally steam goes by the windows. At some point Indians can be seen attacking the train and at others bandits. A gun battle between the train and the attackers is played out. Of course, the train wins. Between the windows, Folk in Western Garb are sitting, and a fashionable young man with a trolley cart moves up and down the aisle, serving tea and snacks. Occasional slogans pop up on the screen, like safety never goes out of style, and some things only get better with age. Okay, damage report time, I have- Reynolds looks at his watch. Oh fuck me sideways! He's landing any second. Just give me the highlights of this shit show. We had a United flight crew taken to Orange County General around midnight, complaining of feeling overcome by fumes. Reynolds rolls his eyes. Pussies. Next, couple of new cracks in the baggage room floor. Carousel B keeps running backwards, throwing the bags back onto the tarmac. There's been a few reports of weird moaning noises in the ladies' bathroom in international arrivals. A handful of, uh... it, that's enough. Jesus. Reynolds looks at Jenny. I suppose you have something, too. What's that all over your jacket? It's a strawberry milkshake. Jenny nods. Sonic? In and out. Jenny makes a grossed-out face. Okay, what do you got? They are approaching the doors leading to the tarmac. We can see the commissioner's plane wheeling in. Electrical fire, radar dish creaking like an 85-year-old whore, the pencil sharpener makes a terrible vibrator, and Amazon is for shit around these parts. All in all, Reynolds pushes through the doors. (laughs) Fuck it. I'll salvage what I can. He points at Hamilton and Joe Frank. Don't forget, you're meeting me and Fudgy for lunch at the Hose. Oh, you boys are finally going to gag on some chowder together. Reynolds exits through the doors towards the plane. He calls back over his shoulder. A ground crew guy rushes up to him, handing him a bunch of balloons. Back to work. Try to fix something while I'm gone. Jawadawa, Scene 3, FAA Commission Arrival. The scene opens on a small private plane wheeling across the tarmac, cutting its engines as it nears the terminal. cuts a plane interior. We see FAA Commissioner Willie Fudgeson, played by Wayne Newton, sitting, looking out the little window. It's a beautiful summer day. He knocks back the rest of a whiskey soda and clucks his tongue. God, what a gorgeous Southern California day. Fudgeson unbuckles his belt and stands. A stewardess comes by, handing him his carry-on and a pair of sunglasses. Welcome to John Wayne Airport, mister Commissioner. Fudgison takes the stuff from her and winks. Don't darling. He kisses her on the cheek wetly as he slides into the aisle and towards the exit. Cuts a plain exterior. It rolls to a stop, and the door swings down. We see Reynolds waiting at the bottom, dabbing at his pink-stained collar. He's holding a bunch of balloons, reading, Welcome! Cut a close shot of Fudgison, standing at the top of a little staircase. He pops the sunglasses on, grins, and takes the first step down. Cut to wide shot of the exterior. We see Reynolds waiting at the foot of the staircase. Reynolds calls out over the propeller noise. Commissioner Fudgison, I presume? <laughs> He laughs at his awesome joke. Fudgeson is about to respond when the propellers wash a blast of the old mystic stank into his face. His knees buckle and he has to grip the handrail. Quickly, he digs into his pocket and pulls out a silk handkerchief, clapping it over his nose and mouth. (coughs) 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 Sweet (coughs) Liberty (coughs) Valance, what's that smell? He tries to regain his footing and get to the bottom of the stairs. As he reaches the bottom, a loud metallic clank is heard, and one of the bolts holding the top of the stairway to the plane pops off, tilting the whole flight of stairs wildly. Fudgeson topples the last couple of steps right into Reynolds' arms. He lets go of the balloons. The commissioner's carry-on falls to the ground and bursts open. We see some frilly lingerie and a bunch of pill bottles spill out. One of Reynolds' lackeys quickly rushes over and cleans it up. Come to Papa. I, I got you, sir. Fudgeson regains his footing, standing with his legs wide apart. He peers at Reynolds over his crooked sunglasses. Reynolds? What the fuck is that smell? Reynolds feigns not to notice anything. He sniffs the air ostentatiously, he tries to hide a queasy look on his face. Smell? Uh, I- I'm not sure, sir. I-, I don't, uh... You're telling me you won't smell that? <coughs> uh, God, it's like a Florida daycare center on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Reynolds looks around awkwardly In the background we see a bird drop out of the sky And one of those airport baggage jeep things runs over it and tips over Reynolds rushes to block Fudgison's view, guiding him towards the terminal Uh, certainly sir, I'm sure it's just uh, something coming in from off the ocean Yeah, sea breeze or something We, We get some pretty nasty Santa anal winds around here sometimes the what? Damn it, Reynolds. This airport is in a heap of muck as it is. Why do you think I'm here? Do you know how big the stack of complaints about JWA on my desk is? Reynolds stutters and hems and haws, but Fudgison keeps on going. You're on thin shit, pal. Off screen, we hear glass breaking. Fudgison looks around for the source. So far, I gotta say, I'm not reassured. Reynolds looks like he's sweating gallons. In fact, the back of his suit jacket is soaked. He rushes them towards the terminal door as another waft of stink nearly knocks them back. Certainly, Mr. Commissioner, sir. I take all complaints very seriously. Everyone is investigated thoroughly. I mean, you think you get a lot of complaints? I swear to God, I spent half my day... At... Reynolds realizes he should shut the fuck up. Y- you're absolutely right, sir. I'll, I'll get my best man on it right away. We'll get to the bottom of this scent. Fudgeson wags his finger at Reynolds. This airport is the butt of every joke in the American airport system. It's turning into a black hole for passengers. No one wants to get stuck here. They just want to blast through as fast as possible. Hell, even Amtrak makes fun of us. Wait, Amtrak is still a thing? I thought they just made VR rides. Anyway, I I assure you, Mr. Commissioner, I'm on it. My head maintenance guy is the best in the field. He's a real whiz. They push through the doors and into the terminal building. The doors clang shut behind them. One comes off of its hinges. Jawadawa, scene four, drone hunting. Cut to Chief Airport Groundskeeper Jack Hoffman, played by O.J. Simpson. He is an aging African American man, well built and muscular, but he has obviously let himself go a bit and is losing the bulk of his graying hair. He is currently sleeping next to a pile of empty Mickey's Big Mouth bottles in the bed of a chocolate brown El Camino parked out behind the runway somewhere near the fence. He has a leather eye patch strapped over his left eye. It is midday. His work overalls are filthy, and it does not appear he has had a shower in at least a week. He is awakened by a disembodied voice, a mystical voice of the airport that only he can hear, a voice that sounds suspiciously like John Wayne's, as if portrayed by Larry Storch. Hey, wake up, got pilgrim. A man's got, got, a, got a, job a job to do. <laughs> what, what time is it? Hoffman lifts his wrist to his face and grunts, When he realizes that he does not have a watch, he goes back to sleep. Incoming! A thick stream of bird shit splatters across Hoffman's head. He startles and sits up, clawing at his eyes. Fuck! You best get on that stage, dude. A buzzing sound can be heard overhead. Hoffman grabs a half-full bottle of Jim Beam. Shut up! I'm getting Pretty sick of your ramblings, old man. Hoffman takes a swig from the bottle and then picks up a shotgun with his other hand. He kicks the tailgate of the El Camino open. The clatter and shatter of cans and bottles hitting the grass can be heard. He gives a bit of a lurch and rolls out the back of the car, falling hard on the ground out of view. The sound of cans crunching can be heard. Ow! I reckon you may be getting a bit too old to do your own stunts, dude. A massive airplane passes directly overhead, about a hundred feet up, making a deafening roar and blowing more cans out of the back of the car. Hoffman staggers to his feet. He's still somehow holding the shotgun and the whiskey bottle. He takes another swig from the whiskey and then pours another swig out over his head. He shakes his face back and forth violently and makes kind of a flapping sound with his lips. <laughs> He grabs a black cowboy hat off the ground and sticks it on his head. Okay, okay, I'm up. He starts to look around for the buzzing sound. A small drone is flying past about 80 feet up. It is carrying an Amazon package. Shit. Hoffman raises the shotgun and fires into the air. The buzzing sound continues, but a couple pigeons drop out of the sky. He fires again just as another jumbo jet rumbles overhead. Some random metal parts fall from the sky. Third time pays for the other two, chief. Hoffman reloads the shotgun, takes another swig of beam, and fires both barrels. The little drone explodes, dropping its Amazon package, which lands half-buried in a bit of swampy ground not far from where the El Camino is parked. <laughs> I got you, sucker! Hoffman drops the whiskey bottle and pulls out a Bowie knife. He saunters over to the package and jabs the knife into the top of the box, cutting it open. Say there, cowpoke, I don't suppose you remember what we ate last night, do you, Jack? Something stampeding through my insides like 500 head of grade C beef. The ground rumbles a bit. Hoffman opens the package and pulls out an enormous red vibrating Garfield dildo. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Give me something I don't already have once in a while, why don't you? Hoffman stuffs the dildo in his pocket and heads back to the car. Oh yeah, something's definitely getting to me. Feels like the enchiladas. They're making a run for the border, goddammit. it! Oh. oh, I don't think I'm gonna make it. Oh. oh, As Airport makes sounds as if he is violently shitting diarrhea into his pants, a purple wind sweeps by, blowing Halfman's hat off. He staggers a bit, clutching at his nose and mouth and gagging as if something smells absolutely horrible. Eww. He is interrupted by the sound of a phone ringing. He staggers over to the car and digs around in a pile of taco wrappers for an iPhone. It shows Nick Reynolds calling on the screen. Hello? Hoffman, where the hell have you been? Nowhere, man. I- I've been here. Well, that's, uh. Uh. Anyway did you forget that the FAA commissioner is here today? What the fuck is taking so long with finding the source of all these confounded smells? I've got the commission here right now and he's all up in my ass complaining about the stench. Stank. What? It's a mystic stank, not a stench. What the uh, fuck? What, what the fuck is the difference? Ask the Indians. The, the Cleveland Indians? What? Fuck, Jack, just get the fuck into my office now. Over the phone, Hoffman can hear the sound of Reynolds slamming down the receiver, missing, cursing, and then slamming it down again. As Reynolds goes for a third attempt, Hoffman clicks end call on his iPhone. He pulls a massive wad of keys out of his pocket bound together by a battered saved-by-the-bill keychain. He opens the door of his car, sweeps aside a pile of fruit-by-the-foot wrappers, a tarnished Heisman Trophy, and a blow-up sex doll dressed like a squaw, and fires up the engine. Jawadawa, scene five, FAA meeting. The scene opens in what looks like a tiny airplane bathroom. We see Reynolds snapping his backup flip phone shut and staring at his pale, pasty reflection. He has huge bags under his eyes and generally looks like lukewarm shit. He blinks a few times and then shakes his head. Come on, man. Pull yourself together. In the middle of his pep talk, he suddenly gets a queasy look in his face. Quickly, he bends over and dry heaves into the teeny airplane bathroom toilet. (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> oh, my God. Not today. Please. Uh, he heaves again. Uh-oh. Finally, he stands back up and splashes some of that neon blue toilet water on his face. He rakes his hands through his hair, straightens his tie, slaps himself a couple of times. You got this, Reynolds. Reynolds. It's showtime! He turns and exits the bathroom. Go to Reynolds' office. We see that the tiny airplane bathroom is actually his personal office bathroom. There's a good-sized desk overlooking a broad view of the tarmac. Fudgetson is standing at the window looking out, smoking an obscenely long fat cigar. Reynolds fumbles with the door of the latrine. It pops open a couple times before he finally knocks it shut with his ass. I was beginning to think you fell in, Nick. (laughs) No no such luck, sir. I just a touch of the old true grit. He rubs his tummy a little. Anyway, uh, I just got off the horn with my maintenance guy. He's all over this steak thing. Overhead, we hear a clanking of metal, like something is moving in the pipes. Both men ostentatiously ignore it. Damn well, better be. He takes a long puff on his cigar. then becomes avuncular with Reynolds. Listen, Nick, we've known each other a long time, but I'm gonna level with you here. J.W.A., it's a mess. Out the window, we see one of the radar dishes on the control tower topple over. Neither man notices. The FAA is under a lot, and I mean a lot of pressure to make cutbacks. Shutting down J.W.A. just makes sense in the long run. Saves a fortune on maintenance costs. We can route these flights to more profitable airports. Rid us of this PR nightmare. I mean these protests, Nick. What the hell is this? I got no trouble with John Wayne as an actor. But as an airport, he's a pal, my friend. Sir, I'm on it. I assure you. Reynolds glances at his watch. Maybe we'll feel better after a nice lunch. I've got reservations for us at the food court, a place called the Chowder Hose. Not to brag, but it was named 8th Best Layover Food in Southern California by Business Lunch Magazine in 1997. Fudgeson sighs and puts out a cigar on Reynolds' disc. There's a rattling sound, louder now from above them. They both look up. Smoke starts leaking in from the AC grate. Reynolds makes an oh shit face. Fudgeson just rolls his eyes and drags his hands down his face. Nick, face the facts. No, sir, you face them. I'm going to fuck this stank in the ass and save this airport. J.W.A. isn't going anywhere. But we are to the chowder hose. He takes Fudgeson by the arm and leads him out. Reynolds leads them quickly out as the room fills with smoke. As he passes his secretary, we hear through the closing office door Reynolds barking at her to, Get me hot, Carl's! The scene shifts to the chowder hose. It looks like a mid scale family restaurant. Maybe a wood bar with a brass rail, several huge steaming pots of chowder, and a fire hose looking apparatus attached to one. The sign outside reads, Chowder Hose with the U burned out. There's a bartender with a Raleigh Fingers mustache and a bunch of tables overlooking the airfield. Fudgeson and Reynolds arrive and are greeted by the proprietor, Gluis Johnson, played by Mr. T, who is wearing a Kiss the Cook shirt and a hat that reads, white or red, come guzzle at the hose. Fudgeson gestures at the sign. Isn't it supposed to say house? Gluis takes offense. You think I can afford of you slapping clams in this dump? Where do you think you are, LaGuardia?" Gluis recognizes Reynolds and claps him on the shoulder. Hey, Mr. Airport boss, how are you being? Reynolds shakes Gluis' hand and introduces Fudgeson. Gluis, my man, this is the commissioner of the Federal Aviation Administration, a living legend in the field of airport supervision, my boss and friend for a long, long time. Fudgison, kind of a, aw shucks. <laughs> Mr. Willie Fudgison. Sir, this is Gluis Johnson, publican of the hose. They shake hands and Reynolds slips a $2 bill into Gluis's hand. Your best table, if you please. Lewis nods and leads them off. As they walk, Reynolds talks to Fudgison. A few of my team will be joining us for lunch, sir. I, I figure a few heads are better than one when it comes to big decisions. Fudgeson nods. Gluis seats them. Fudgeson reaches out as he starts to walk off to get his attention. Uh, Excuse me, I I, I just have to know. The hose? He gestures over at the hose by the bar. Is that thing real? Gluis sizes him up. Look, bub, you may be an airport legend, but you don't look like you belong on the varsity-level chowder team to me. You think you can guzzle with the best... Uh, What? Wait, that thing's legit? It's not for sure, mister. Once I burn out my you, I realized I'd found my calling to bring piping hot chowder to the hardest coal guzzlers at high volume and high speed. You the kind of man who can handle the cream stew fill-up from my hose? Well, are you? Fudgeson seems confused, but intrigued. Uh... Huh? What the heck? Bring it- uh, uh, Ow! He grabs at his shin under the table. Reynolds is sitting across from him, waving his hands frantically in a series of increasingly desperate... No, don't cheese it, you fool, gestures. Cream stew, eh? Uh, Actually, turns out I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, How about a sourdough bowl of your famous Manhattan? Owen and Arnold Palmer. You only live once. Lewis's eyes bug out. He matters about being back in a moment to take the rest of their orders once Reynolds' team arrives and he stomps off. Oh dear, poor man, no one ever agrees to chug from his chowder hose, imagine that. He rubs his shin then pauses, as though trying to figure out how to deliver bad news. Look Reynolds, these protests, the ongoing maintenance issues, behind them we see a rail of track lighting fall from the ceiling. The fucking smell. FAA is spending more money and getting less in return on JWA than on any other airport of its size in America. And I'm talking about, he pops a finger with each one, Dubuque, Hoboken, Topeka, the numbers Nick, they're just not in your favor. Reynolds is about to respond when two men come up to the table. They are Reynolds lackeys Ed Hamilton and Joe Frank. Hamilton looks like a child molester, balding, caterpillar mustache, thick glasses. Joe Frank looks like a slick, kiss-ass social climber. Beg your pardon, these seats taken. Joe slides into the booth besides Fudgeson. He's got a toothpick in his mouth and he's wearing sunglasses indoors. Hamilton awkwardly squeezes himself in next to Reynolds, sucking in his gut. Fellas, you made it. Sir, may I present the rest of my team? This is Joe Frank, my Deputy Airport Director, and this big ox is Ed Hamilton, the Chief of Operations. Guys, this is Commissioner Fudgeson. There's a round of handshakes and how are yous? How are you? How are, you? How are you? Lewis hurries up with some menus and a hopeful look on his face. Gentlemen, always a pleasure to see your ugly faces. Y'all hungry enough for a suck off the old chowder spout? He makes the chowder hose arm gesture. Hamilton and Joe Franklin panicked and angrily rebuff him. Everyone orders chowder. Fudgeson asks where his bowl of Manhattan is. Lewis goes off muttering again and Fudgeson lays it out. Alright, I'm gonna bottom line it for you fellas. You know why I'm here. And it ain't to suckle at the proverbial chowder tip. Your on-time record is abysmal. Your lost baggage claim rate is through the roof. Your roof is literally falling apart. You've got glory holes in every other stall, and half of them are too narrow. The shit is hitting the fan, which may be why everything around here smells like the clogged outflow of a hot dog factory. And to top it all off, these protests. Fudgerson shakes his head. Lewis returns with four shot glasses full of chowder. Three white, one red. Shooters gentlemen, on the house. Or should I say, on the hose. They all slam their chowder shots. Hamilton has chowder all over his mustache. Sir, I- if I may, our operating budget for next year has a significant increase for maintenance and construction. And Orange County is debating right now as to whether to issue bonds to help finance... Fudgeson weighs them off. Bonds, next year's budget. That's all, horse tinkle, my friend. Sir, what I think Big Ham here is trying to say is that J.W.A. might look like warmed over trouser pie to the outside, but we're taking active steps to rectify... Rectify! This place smells like it's been wholly rectified, pal. (sighs) I'm sorry, gentlemen, but unless the FAA sees some concrete, immediate improvement, there's really no other option. J.W.A. will be decommissioned. Four men sit quietly for a moment. Joe Frank squeezes his shot glass so hard it shatters, splashing his face with a gout of thick white chowder. This is bullshit, Fudgison. Reynolds pats at the air. No. Calm down, Joe, calm down. The commissioner is just doing his job, and you know he's right. We do have a couple of issues here and there, but you know what? We're gonna get through this. We're gonna do whatever it takes. Let's organize a bake sale. Reynolds and Fudgeson just stare at Hamilton. Joe Frank is dabbing at his facial. The fuck are you talking about? A bake sale? Hamilton looks abashed. Reynolds takes out his flip phone again. I'm calling Hoffman again. This stink ends today. Jawadowa, scene six. Shenanigans. Scene begins with a long tracking shot, moving around the airport, giving us a view of the place and some of the characters who inhabit it. We open on a couple of hipsters busking around the fountain out in front of the airport main entrance. They are playing Fountain of Wayne's I-95. Unfortunately, I don't think we have the rights to play this song in the podcast, so just uh, uh, Spotify it or something. Can we say Spotify? I think so. Behind them is a guy holding a sign reading, Welcome Interstate Managers. And next to him is another guy with a sign that says, Pizorni and Venufka." There's a small cluster of protesters milling about, carrying Atlanta Braves inflatable tomahawks. One of them tosses spare change into the musician's overturned pork pie hat. The camera moves through the sliding doors into the ticketing area. There is yellow caution tape and a huge puddle of some murky brownish water on the linoleum floor. There's a guy in a loud pimp-style suit, lime green orange or something, carrying a saddlebag over his shoulder. This is Shaw K. Herbert fantasy cast, Rob Schneider, who we will encounter later. We move into the glassed-in Atrium where the statue of the Duke towers. A bunch of protesters rush the place, yelling and whipping like western movie Indians. Christy Himmelfart scales the Duke's legs, getting stuck around crotch level for a while, basically motorboating the bronze bulge before making it up to the top. They plant a huge Indian war bonnet on the statue's head while another protester climbs up and works a large, white, bloody glove onto Wayne's right hand, yelling, If the glove fits, you're a racist shit! Yeah! The others march around the base of the statue, chanting, It's Ari Hondo, Rio Lobo! The Duke's disgrace has got to go! Airport security forms ranks in riot gear and goes full Portland on them. Onward towards the food port. We see the chowder hose as well as Dino's That's Zucchini. Bob Dylan's soft serve somebody. Greg's Dips. Phil Collins is sitting out front enjoying a Vegemite and Boysenberry Jam. The Feed trough, Orange Julius, Cinnabon, etc. We finally come to a halt in front of Sinbad's booth where he's hucking at everyone who passes by. This time it's for Bino. Hello, sir. You look like the kind of fella who can clear a room. Now, how would you feel if I told you those days could be behind you? Passer passerby flips him off and lets out a huge fart as he goes by. It's free, asshole! Shaw K. Herbert moses up to the booth while Sinbad is looking the other way. Did you say free, asshole? Sinbad startles. Sorry, man, that's Thursday. But anyway, howdy, sir, he fakes tipping a hat. Where are your travels taking you on this fine day? Shaw looks around the place, shifting his saddlebag. I haven't quite decided yet. Sinbag shrugs and picks up an old, dented, rusting can of Nelly chili, opens it up, and pours it into a plastic cup. It comes out looking like chunky diarrhea. Well, while you decide, why not try a bit of the Nelly Valley's finest? Shaw takes the cup. Oh man, thanks. If there's one thing I love, it's chili. He takes a few bites. Well, if there's two things maybe, this jelly is definitely number two. He belches. <coughs> Dang, this stuff has some kick. Where can I buy a can? Bah. Well, actually you can't. But if you are looking to make a purchase, why not follow it up with a sweet soothing relief of... From behind his back he whips out a couple tablets. Beano! Yes, friend, kiss that bloating goodbye. Your colon and your immediate surroundings will thank you. Once you. Shaw continues glancing around, not really paying attention or listening too closely. Without looking, he downs the chili, licking the cup clean. A young lady walks by and he rotates his entire body to watch her pass. Damn it, Shaw! Another missed opportunity! Sinbad is waiting for the chili to kick in. How you feelin, there, friend? Shaw seems to remember that Sinbad is there and snaps back to face him. Feeling? Well, I'm feeling like I'm on a mission from God, actually. Sinbad peers at the chili can. Well, fuck me. No, not until Thursday. What I mean to say is, my life has meaning again. Three months ago, I was a loser sitting in my mom's basement, building my own Mikasa Ackerman sex doll and waiting for the Rona to kill me. And then, bam, I won the lottery. 37 million. Smackaroos! I couldn't believe it. All my problems were gone. I could do anything I wanted, and I did for a while. I blew a ton on the Greyhounds, the Cessna Derby, big ethanol. But I was dead inside. Then, one night as I was cobbing this farmer's daughter from Bethany State, I had a revelation. I knew what I needed to do. And the next morning, I drove to Wichita Airport and got on the first plane I could. Oh, yeah. What, what's your mission? Shaw extends his hand as if for a handshake, but with the ring finger bent back. Sinbad hesitates, then extends his own hand. As their hands near, Shaw's quickly moves down towards Sinbad's groin. Sinbad leaps back. Uh, luckily, the booth blocks the move. What the fuck was that? It works better on the ladies, but I'm traveling around this great land of ours, trying to replace the stodgy, frankly homosexual handshake with the Shocker. Shocker? The Shocker the pride of wichita two in the pink one in the stink my good man sinbad gets it oh that shocker! um wait the handshake is gay two men holding hands hands that have touched their peepees yeah that's pretty gay pretty gay i should say sinbad is mulling this over and seems convinced Also, he realizes this guy is insane. Well, sir, I I wish you well. Now, about this amazing Beano. Shaw rips a paint curler, and Sinbad gets blown back a step. Quick, swallow these! He throws the Beanos at Shaw. As he bends to pick them up, he lets out another cheek clapper and the booth scoots back an inch or two. Sinbad quickly pulls down the clothes sign and ducks sorry folks uh technical difficulties (laughs) shaw manages to take the beano and wander off waving absently to sinbad fingers in a shocker formation as he passes through the crowd a potted palm wilts and an elderly lady gets her feet tangled in her walker and goes ass over tea kettle